Hi, this is Coffee with the Sarlos, and I'm Kelly. Good morning, and I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. As usual, we have our evening with medium events coming up on August 23rd and December 13th. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlo.com. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. It is available on the website as well. And it is a 10-minute show that runs the first week of each month, Monday to Friday. Kelly and I pick a topic that has to do with emotional or spiritual intelligence. We try to provide things for your toolkit. Coming up in September, we'll be moving on to a platform called Patreon. It's a paid membership system and it is tiered so you can decide what you want access to, but it's giving people access to Coffee with the Sarlos, Sips of Sanity, and a plethora of tools that will be written and verbal. Mm -hmm. So people can follow us along with videos, they can follow us along with printouts, where they can actually implement all the tools that we're giving you through these podcasts and these stories. If you're looking for a personal session with either Kelly or myself, we do it through Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, and telephone for people all over the world. You can visit us at the website by sarlo.com to fill out a request for a session. Okay, perfect. So you've got notes in front of you. What are we doing today? I do. Okay. So this is a client's story. And this is, again, it's medium. So we have a young gentleman named Darnell. And he called and wanted to know if he could check in with his mom. So he flat out said that his mom had passed away and her name is Darlise, which is interesting because as we went through the session, she names all her children with D-A-R. So we're not changing names here. No. They, They gave you permission for this. Yeah. Okay, cool. So there's a Darla, there's a Darren. Anyway, every all of the first name first names start with D A R. Anyway, so Dar, as she is known, because she is the mom. So Dar comes through to chat with her adult son. And he just said, Go open. I just want to have a visit with mom. I'm just here to check in. And honest to God, Kelly, he looked like he was 16. Like he just looked like he was a teenager. So I thought we were going to get a teenager visit. Well, he's not a teenager. He's probably 30. He just looks really young. Oh, okay. And she came in and said, Look, we're going to really have a mom session, Karen. You can get your mom panties on. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, what does that mean for you? And she says, my my son really needs a talking to. And I'm like, okay, well, you start and I'm just going to pass along whatever messages you want to give because he says, go open. And she says, well, it's not really going to be an open session. He says he's here to chat with me and it's because he's going through a separation. Mm-hmm. And I was his person. She says, he doesn't know where to go anymore because I've recently passed and I'm the person he confided in. He's booked this appointment to actually find out what he's supposed to do. And he feels quite lost, quite frankly, because I turned him into a people pleaser. So he doesn't really know what he's supposed to do and that this is part of the problem. Can we pause? Yeah. Because... When you initially kind of set the stage for what this session was going to be, you said, I was his person. And for anyone who follows the Mayor Christina relationship and knows what your person means, Mm -hmm. it's the one you rely on for sound advice. It's the one that carries you through everything. 
And yet it's already been unveiled that she wasn't technically by this definition, his person. She created a codependency. She did. She created someone who couldn't think for themselves. I'm going to say yes and no. This is really confusing. She's a therapist. <laughs> Sometimes, okay, I need to say this because as we move into the Patreon platform, everything's going to be out on visual and the top tier gets access to bloopers, which if you can imagine, that's going to be a treat. But there are faces that we both make as we're yeah. telling stories that yeah. aren't bloopers that will probably make it into that reel. And if you rewind this video, that will be one of them. <laughs> That's why I said, like, this is a bit confusing. Yeah. Because she really... Uh, you go. Yeah. Like, you you know what, Kelly? We could probably argue about codependence versus, yeah, the nice girl syndrome. <laughs> versus. Which, yeah, like that she literally creates problems but she also tries to give them tools. Like, it is really messy. Yeah. Well, it always is. In some way. And maybe people are thinking, yeah, my mom's a psychiatrist or my dad was a psychologist. I totally get it. I don't know. So anyway, she said to me, can you just start off by saying those things to him as validations? And I said, absolutely. So I did. I repeated all of that to him. And he said, yeah. And you could see how happy he was. And I said... Um, you're also a lot older than I thought you were. I said, you look like a teenager to me. And I said, but she's saying that you're going through a separation and that you actually need good sound counseling and advice. And you really should be getting it from a living professional. So we don't want to take away the fact that you still need to seek someone out on earth. So that's, that's just a fact. So that's like, his mom's like, no, you tell him, get your butt into therapy. So that was one of the messages that I've actually written here on this page, get your butt into therapy. But she still is mom and still does want to come through and say other things to him. So really, it was a toolkit, Kelly. His session was wonderful things that she ends up saying to her son that maybe perhaps I think other people might want to hear. So that are going through a separation that are, whether it's friends. And maybe not. Maybe you don't need to be going through a separation. Maybe you just need to hear it so that you could stay together and be healthy. Yeah. And I think too, if you're not in that place, maybe you have no partner, but you are a friend, you might want to hear this and go, whoa, I want to hear that because I could be a better friend and actually know a healthy toolkit and be a healthy friend instead of being one of those friends that just lets your lets your friends sit in their shit and you are their enabler by saying, oh yeah, he's an ass and oh yeah, and you should do this, stick it to him, girl. Like, like the, there's, ter oh no, come on, Instagram is full of I shit know, like this. I know, I just, you're so of a different generation that when you get into like character, it feels so uncomfortable for me on a physical level. <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah, well, I've been on Instagram lately to see how much crap there is know. in terms of advice to people. So anyway, the first thing that she did say to her son was to get a voice recorder. And you're going to hear different things why this is just such a beautiful session. So she says, Darnell, you need a voice recorder, sweetheart, because you forget things because you're stressed. It's not because you have a bad memory or because you don't care about people or because you don't have a good intention. You're stressed. So 
the voice recorder can be a little device or like at Best Buy or something, or it can be on your cell phone. She says, but you have to make sure that every time she calls you, and I'm, I can't remember her name, Kelly, so I think I'm just going to call her Brenda. So every time Brenda calls you, for any reason, hit record. And if it means that you pick up the phone by accident too quickly, then just tell her, one sec. You don't have to tell her what for. Just use your cell phone and hit record. And it wasn't in a mean way to say, get everything down that she says so you can throw it back in her face. His mom was saying, you know, hon, when you get off the phone, you could sit there and take a pen and paper and actually write down the things that she says that are pertinent that you need to remember, whether it's about the divorce, about the children, um, about your behavior, about hers, whatever it is, past, present, future, make your to-do lists. And he goes, well, that would be my mother, a to-do list. (laughs) Darlie says to her son, so sweetie, you need to just breathe, go slowly, listen to the recording, and be able to, and then she goes into the second thing. When you write your notes, you want to write things that you need to do. So the to-do list. You want to prioritize things. So get some post-it notes that are colored so that you could write, you know, that has to be done by the end of the day, another one by the end of a week or a month or whenever. But she says, somehow have some kind of a list so that you can flag yourself. I thought that was wonderful. Well, you're talking about accountability. Yeah. And then she says, now, when we're done this conversation today, I really want you to head over to Staples. And I thought, oh, me too. (laughs) Put that on my to-do list. (laughs) Just because I like Staples. But she said, go to Staples and get yourself an agenda so that you can actually put your meetings in when the kids need pick up and drop off, if you've promised something, if there's a birthday. He has a wonderful heart that he wants to be at things, but the job throws things at him last minute. He's in construction. So if all of a sudden last minute something goes wrong and they have to pick something up or get one more thing done or there's another project or something broke and they have to fix it, they have to stay. So she said, get an agenda, get a physical agenda, not one on your phone, get a physical agenda and keep it in your truck. She says, so that you can say to the boss, yes, okay, I understand you want me to stay, but I've got to go to my truck. I have to check the agenda. And if your boss understands that you're going through a separation, that you're checking to make sure that you aren't required at a meeting or that you don't have to pick up a child. And if you do have to pick up a child and you have to stay at work, then you can call a cab company. You can say to your kids, it will always be this cab company. There's an account. I pay it off. You can call it and get a ride home or get a ride to your class or to an event that you have to be at. Just leave me a message on the phone. Just text me so I know where you're at. So if you take your cab to your soccer game and you say it'll be over at 8.30, I will come and get you at 8.30. So she was just basically trying to say to him, if you're organized, everybody knows what to expect. 
as you're saying, accountability. Now into reliability. Yeah. And it creates this whole thing because he's reliable that his kids are going to feel safe through the separation. They're going... Oh, repeat that. Oh, okay. Not for our sound. Yeah. Just repeat that. I was just... Okay. That if he can create systems, then his children will feel safe during the separation process. They will understand that if dad's not here, then backup is this cab company. If I have my cell or some parent here does and I say, can you call this number or this cab company, they can search it through Google, call, and no other parent has to take care of me. The driver can come, take me to my home, I can get in, and dad can come home. So there were routines here. I want to point out that in this, Mm -hmm. you're eliminating one opportunity for shame. Because Mm. I think about if you can't pick your kids up and then the kid is responsible to ask for help, to use their own judgment at maybe too young Mm. of an age to look at another set of parents and say, can you help me? Mm -hmm. And there's shame in that because really the kid's sitting there going, my parent can't meet my needs. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to meet my own. And so I need you. And this is different than learning how to ask for help. This is when a kid doesn't have the judgment system yet or a good reference system for good judgment to actually not have to go through the process of shame. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, Kelly, because I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say that the dad didn't have to feel shame. And you're talking about the children. Yeah. So that was really neat what came out. Because of safety. Because yeah. if you're eliminating that kid's opportunity to feel shame at all, mm-hmm. then they don't have to question safety. Yeah. But yes, your your yours works great too. Yeah. Well, I just think of a dad that could stay late at work, stay at the construction site. If he even has something after that, say that he's responsible for dinner and he has to pick something up. And he can't make it say all the way, depending on where you live. He still could say, I'm going to the grocery store. Please take a cab home. If he knows they're comfortable with that and there's no stress element in it, he could say, I'm going to pick up food. I'm going to get this for us or your supplies for your school project. And I'll meet you at home in 20 minutes. So things are just so doable. Okay. So at this point, he just turns to me and he goes, boy, do you ever have my mother? Aw, that's nice. Yeah. And I said, "Um, is this what you wanted out of your session? Like this type of talk? Or did you want like proof that it's her? Like I said, like, what were you looking for? And he goes, a conversation with my mother. And I'm just like, this is so good. Okay. Why are you laughing? Well, I'm laughing because he literally just said to you, oh, you have my mother. And then you went into do you want proof? And I want to, I want to hit you a little bit (laughs) and say, that's annoying because we talk every podcast. I know about the fact that people want proof Yeah, and he's actually quite content, but our nervousness is triggered. Oh, totally nervousness triggered, but also that I still could do that. And that client could say, you have my mother. Oh, good for you. It's spot on. And could you still prove it? I know. I know. Like, it's just that messed all the time. I just time. like to point out when you're annoying. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the next thing she says to him is, you're going to need a no page. 
Nice. And we went through a no page. Yeah. And I know we've done that on these shows before, but I thought it would be a good idea for new listeners to hear what our no page looks like. Yeah. Okay. So he goes, well, he goes, do you just mean no? Like, I don't understand. Do I put no on a page and show it to people? (laughs) That's an Instagram. (laughs) Let me just pull that up there. (laughs) How do you spell no different ways? And I said, well, a no page can be things like this. So I took the page and I flipped it over and I started writing things down. And I said things like, no, no, thank you. Not going to happen. Never. Um, I don't know. I need time to think. Can I get back to you? I need more information. I'd like to ask more questions before I say yes or no. Is this a solid no or a little bit of a bendy no? Can I change my mind? And he went, oh, do I ever like that? You're giving me options. And and like, they're not, I wouldn't have anxiety if I said some of those. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point is that you don't have to live in anxiety if you know different ways to say no to somebody. And I said, and it can be just a hard, fast, that's a hard no. Or it can be an inquisitive no, or it can be wishy-washy under the right circumstances. So I said, there's a variety of ways that you can say no or set a boundary, and you need to know more of them. And so we literally, we just sat there and we came up with a whole page of them. And then he said, am I allowed to take a photocopy of your page? And he said, you get the page. You're allowed to take it with you, the original. Yeah, this is, I know this is a plug and it's shameless, I don't care, but this is exactly why we wanted Patreon. This is why we wanted the membership yep. so that people like this who might be watching it and going, oh my God, I need that no page, Yeah, can download it, can have it for themselves, can practice it and know how to implement it healthily mm-hmm. in the right or appropriate situations. Yeah. And it's good whether you are a people pleaser or not, because some oh people- my God, yes. Yeah. Some people are not people pleasers and everything is just a hard no. And they don't understand that their no's don't have to be so hard, that they can ask other questions, that they can say they need a timeline. Can it be, can it be bendy? Like they could use the same page as much as the people pleasers. Yeah, because I think some people equate no with I have to be mean mm-hmm. or I have to be firm. Mm-hmm. And so... When you're the aggressive person who thinks a no has to be aggressive, or you're the people pleaser who thinks all no's are aggressive, mm-hmm. neither one of you are healthy, and nor is anyone who's interacting with you. Yeah. Yeah. So we went through our no page, and he said, you know, now I understand why I'm heading to Staples after this. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? What's that? Because I thought he was just going to take the page. And he says, I think I'm going to take the page and I'm going to get like a dry erase board and put it in my house so that I can have the nose in the kitchen so that the kids can say back to me things like, Dad, is that a hard no? Dad, is that a wishy-washy no? Dad, do you need to ask me better questions before you say no? Because you didn't even ask me which parents or what time and so on. So he says, I would really like it so that my kids could use it. And he says, not to be rude to me, but to remember that sometimes I, I say no and it's not really what I mean. So then later he's backtracking. 
This way, the kids could have access to how to do it in a good process right away. Well, and you're talking again about accountability and reliability and safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, this mother was lovely. Like, I know that she created codependence, but she tried so hard to show up to say, okay, I'm not here. I've created a mess. How do I give him tools so that he just does it? Well, yeah, they know better on the other side. And they, as far as I can see, can certainly want to do better on the other side. Yeah, that, that's good to point out. Because I think some people think that the asshole person they hated on earth is still the asshole person on the other side. Well, I mean, I still think that of my grandfather, but we're all working through our shit, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's important to say that. Yes. You know what? I remember it being is. at the Circle of Friends meeting and yeah, we yeah. were talking to parents who have lost their children and they... Mm -hmm. I remember some of them assuming that we sat on this high horse about grief and that we never felt sadness because we oh, could talk to dead people. And right. I was like, I grieve like I know nothing about the other world. Yeah. When you lose That's someone good. you love, it, like you, you're starting out where everyone else is. Yeah. And if you had problems or, or if we had problems with somebody who crossed over, we still have to work through all of those processes too. Yeah. yeah. And, and knowing better is a completely different thing than having to work through your emotions because the emotions don't rush a process just because you know better. Mm -hmm. You still have to actually go through each step or each stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like to make fun of ourselves so that people can feel like, oh, okay, there's room for error. Yeah, that's good. I like that too. Not your dad, by the way. <gasps> oh, <laughs> I feel like we both knew that, but maybe not everyone else yeah. did. <laughs> that's okay. Okay, I get that. Okay, so the whole next section, and I'm going to refer down to my page because there's quite a bit, was that she wanted him to stop and do check-ins. And I said, oh, I can do that. I know how to do check-ins. I teach them. And she's like, back off. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, then. I'll back off. <laughs> when the dead lady speaks, you listen. So I said, okay, what do you want me to say? And she goes, I want him to know how to do a check-in for himself first. And I said, oh, I was okay with that. And she goes, he just so needs to know that it's okay because I trained him to come and do check-ins with me. Oh, I supervised them. I'm the therapist. I asked the questions. I made sure I had all the control. And she goes, so even though I did ask him good questions... He's here because he still wants to hear them from someone else. And now he has to learn that he needs to ask those same questions in his head to himself. And I'm like, wow, almost like you're still having a conversation with him. And she goes, oh, yeah, but don't do it that way. <laughs> she goes, we have to break the codependence here. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm on your side that we're creating the codependence. So I said, I'm going to go through a checklist with him. Is that okay with you? And I said, we're going to word it that way so that it's self-evaluation. And she goes, yes, please. Tell him I hit the pause button and I'm out for a minute. Aww. And I said, okay, sure. So I did. And then we sat there together and I said, Darnell, we're going to go through learning to do a self-evaluation checklist or check-in. And he goes, okay. He says, I did these with my mom. And I said, you did, but we're going to do them with a little bit of a twist because 
Now you have to do them for yourself. So we're going to reword the questions and we're going to write them down together. And then if you want to put them on your phone or um, a cue card or um, a Rolodex or anything. A visual reminder. Yeah. And I said, so we'll write some down. And I said, but your homework will be to remember or to memorize maybe two. And he goes, two. And I said, yeah, why don't you pick two? And then maybe once they're really ingrained, add a third. And then if once it's really in as well, two, then add a fourth. And I said, you may never get past your fourth. That may always serve your purpose. And if they're really good questions, that might be perfect. So we just started. And one of the first ones was, does this relationship or does this conversation I'm in meet my needs? And another one was, what are my needs right now? What do I need right now? And I said, so could you do that if you think about work? Oh my God, yeah. And then when you're ready, you could add on another one. And then maybe a few weeks later, maybe up to four. But this is to do a check-in about what his needs are. So that when he goes to do a check-in with his ex as to what's going on, so say in the separation or with the children, he's able to understand, well, these are my commitments, this is what I need, and I'm only going to say yes to the things I actually can do, which I think is huge. And then she said, now, hon, you might want to actually chart some of this. She goes, so what if we charted and actually sit down and write check-ins? Self, her, kids, And then she went on and said, lawyer, so you check in with your lawyer, what do you need? So if the lawyer says, I need bank statements, I need income, I need, you know, personal slip from an employer, whatever, that you're checking in and asking that professional what they need from you. If it's a therapist and you're in therapy, same thing, check in with the therapist, do I have homework? She says, you have great intentions to be a wonderful person. But part of the problem is that there's so much on your plate, it all falls short. No follow through. Yeah. Part of the reason why there's a separation. So she says, chart it now. Write everything down. Get systems in place. You're going to be single. You've got lots of things that you're responsible for. And you don't want to fail going through this and make this a difficult separation so that she thinks that what you're trying to do is actually screw her over when that isn't the intention, but sure could look that way. Yeah. Because when you're going through a separation, you certainly can think that if the other person says one thing and doesn't follow up, that they're out to get you. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you're married and you're saying, yep, I'll pick the kids up and you don't, the Mm -hmm. partner defaults to they forgot or they aren't responsible. And it's a they statement. You forget when you're in a separation and they think, oh, they stiffed me or they they made me responsible because the school called me. Mm -hmm. Like you say, they're out to get me. Yeah. So she says, don't make it combative. It's not the way that you are, but it certainly could appear that way. And then it could actually become that way. So she said, write that down and write down a check-in with the school. She goes, make sure that you're checking in with the school, that you're not hearing everything that's happening for the kids through your ex or through the children's perspective. You want to know the teacher's perspective. 
So she says, write down check-ins with the school and not just a school meeting when you're called. You might like to check in either by a book that's going back and forth between you, their mother, and the kids in the school, or perhaps just that you're going to call every month or every week and check in. Let them know you're a single dad. Let them know that you're doing your business. Let them create a relationship with you so that if things go wrong at the school, they don't think it's an automatic, I have to call the mom because the dad's never around or he's unreliable or he's always at work. You do what you can do. So if it's a check-in on your lunch, if you're just sitting in the truck having lunch on a snowy day, just pick up the phone, put it on speaker, eat your lunch and call the school. And if they say, oh, no problems, then you just get to say things like, okay, thank you. You have a good day you're going to develop a reputation. Nice. And this time, it's all yours. It's not a, a couple reputation. It's just you. Her last message to her son that day was goals. She said, remember, hun, short-term and long-term. And he went, that's her, short-term, long-term. Like she used terms that he knew. And he said, go over it with me again. I just, I just want to hear it. <laughs> it, was, it was so cute. Yeah. And she said, well, I always talk to him about having big goals, like a long-term goal. And those things were like to be healthy as you could be. So if your short-term goal then was just to go for a 10-minute walk today, then that was the short-term goal. But the big-term goal was I want to be healthy when I'm old. So what do I do short term to get there? She says, I always said to him, you know, is it short term, long term? Do they coincide? Does one support the other? She asked him things like that. And he liked doing that with his kids. So she said, remind him that his separation, short term, long term. So she said, do you want to go through a separation, which is just short term, and have really long term detrimental relationship shit? Or do you really want to problem solve? And if there is a short term problem, get through it. So that overall, through the separation, you have a good relationship with your ex and for the children. And so she just reminded him of what that could be day to day, when he's in a lawyer's appointment, banking, so she said, you know, you might say to the banker, short term is I'm just getting through a separation and I'm out of the house and I need to find an apartment. That's short term. But long term, probably going to have a house again someday. Probably want to have another partner and I will move forward. So I want to do well at this bank. I want the, this bank to be there through my longevity. So I'm not going to shit down their neck if they get or forget one paper to go to the lawyers. And I thought, oh, I really like that. So long term, yeah, this is my bank. These are my people. I want them to have my back with my finances. So I'm going to go in and tell them what's going on. And remember, short term, separation, long term, my whole life. There's going to be lots of changes. I might go through two or three wives. Who knows? That's good perspective. Oh, totally. Yeah. So they went back and forth in this conversation for him to feel, and this is what I think is lovely, Kelly, grounded. Because sometimes people will come in and say, I'm not grounded. 
and they don't say, I'm not grounded because I'm not following anything that's common sense. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they don't say that. <laughs> also accountability. Yeah, because being grounded really does mean that you have to be accountable. You really do create ways and habits and behaviors where you're reliable. I like that you just said being grounded means that you have to be accountable. Yeah. Because so many people walk in and want energy healing or they Mm -hmm. just want their messages and they say, I just need to feel grounded again. Mm -hmm. And like you say, they don't talk about not being accountable people, not being reliable. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening and you're hearing that both of those things feed into safety, you can't ever feel grounded when you don't feel safe. Yeah, and you really can't expect your children to. No. Mm -mm. And those are big therapy bills, people. Yeah. So these are the things that this mom and son use their hour to talk about, which I, I... I just adored. I just thought all of the different tools that she gave him, the ways that she talked about charting things, what some of his strengths were and his personality versus some of the things that where he had a good intention but no follow through created really serious issues. And now he knows because those issues have laid right out in front of him, right to the path of a separation. Good. And now he has to be able to say, yeah, and that's on my shoulders that this, my behavior or lack of certain behaviors created this process. And I think that that's important to understand when we're going through a separation. It didn't just happen. It's a process. And, and his lovely mother was pointing this out to him saying, okay, so if you can clean some of this up, you're going to have such a better relationship with your children. Let's start with first your relationship with yourself, then with them. And if you've noticed she never said, and you're going to have another partner, yeah. and jumped right in. She really saw her son as, oh my God, this is all about my son, not my son with a partner. She just saw this as, this is my boy. Darlise just wanted to see her son become a man, and that she wanted her grandchildren to have that for their father. That was the focus. Love it. Yeah. Beautiful relationship. And you know what, Kelly? Like a really calm session. You you know, like no really big highs or lows, just really sitting there. It was like a really, I would call it like a work session. Yeah. Where we sat there with pens and paper. He had his voice recorder on. You could see him shift and really try and sink into it and really listen to things. And then be very grateful. He'd look over it like at his phone, like, oh my God. You could see at times where, oh my God, I'm going to forget all this. And then he'd look over at the phone. Oh yeah, I've got the voice recording. Oh yeah, she's doodling. Oh yeah, I've got my notes. Like we had two sets of notes going and the voice recorder. And I think if he could have had like another device, he would have. Yeah, that's good though. Mm -hmm. He came in wanting to work. He did. And I think it's really cool for people to hear because a lot of our listeners are female. But I think it's really cool to hear that this is a young man that really came in and wanted to work hard. And because he wants the relationship, including with his ex, to be as good as it can be. There is remorse in him that his own behaviors contributed to the separation. He does not leave this person thinking she's a terrible person. He's thinking this didn't work. Well, it doesn't sound like he went into the session either with the intention of, I'll do better to get her back. 
No. Like it was just, I just need to do better. Yeah. And he knows, as far as I could see, that a lot of the reasons that there was a separation was that he didn't keep his word for things. He cycled in things. And that he wasn't just saying, she's the problem. She's mean. She took my money. She's like, he didn't attack her ever. He just sat there and was like, mom, I like, I screwed up. Like, I, you know, I need to talk to you. That's good. And I would imagine that that probably meant that in those moments, he knew he was screwing up too, but didn't always have the tools to fix it and was looking for them. And I'm super happy mom comes through for that. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm all done. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a beautiful weekend.